Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Western Washington and the Washington State Wine Awards. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining us today is co-host Stacey Lill of O Wines and DeLille Wine Cellars. Good afternoon. I know, what is it? Where are we in the day? (laughs) Well, it's been hard to tell. You know, the weather, the way it's been changing, and yesterday was so beautiful and sunny, and today it's not. And, you know, the day and the nights flow together for me because I'm out at events so often that... I had a lapse of what time of day it was for a minute. Oh, and, and I mean, you factor in this much wine. It just, you, I don't know. I haven't had any to drink yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've I'll had, catch up. I was going to say, we've had a, we've had a few. Um, that we have Mariam of Mariam Style with us tonight. Hi, ladies. <laughs> and then shortly, Jamie Piha of Tabletop Northwest is going to be joining us. So Very we're going to be chatting it up here. We will be chatting about the myths of wine tasting, drinking, and making. And, of course, we're going to cover acceptable and unacceptable. So how's everyone doing today? I know the weather's a little bit off, so I think it, it kind of creates a shadowing of, am I supposed to be cuddled in bed under a blanket? <laughs> true, true. And I know, Stacey, you literally came rushing in, just like, you, you've always got like 16 events a day, I swear. Yeah, it's busy. You but are You, are you know what, busy. I'm so happy to be here today, though, because this, uh, the Wine Awards is really meaningful for um, you know, Washington State Wine Awards and the restaurants, and it's really fun for me to come and see so many people that I know that are in the industry and um, at a lot of the restaurants that... Um, support and sell our O-Wines as well as DeLille Cellars wines. So this is a really fun event for me to participate in. Well, I have to say thank you again because you are the reason that we came last year. So this is our second year broadcasting live. And um, while we're on that, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Tell us a little bit about um, the Washington State Wine Awards, what its purpose. I think we kind of got a little bit of an overview, but what may this was obviously created to thank the companies and the businesses that were supporting the Washington Wine Association. Well, we've got, um, if you look around the room today, we've got a lot of wineries represented that are Washington wineries. Um, they're here pouring tastes of wine. Um, the room is full of a lot of folks in the industry with uh, wine industry, restaurant industry, and um, just other folks that support those two industries and, and enjoy wine. And these awards were created by the Wine Commission to really um, highlight uh, great Washington wines as well as, and more importantly, the restaurants in um, you know Washington and, and um, the greater Seattle area that really support Washington wines. And so it's really a fun event um, on all fronts to be part of when you're either a restaurateur or a winery. And it's a great opportunity for all of us to come together and um, just mingle with each other. And we get to uh, network and just hang out with friends and make new connections. And a lot of it is really just talking to people that, you know, I see often at um, events here and there, we're all working our own um, booths and pouring wine, and this gives us an opportunity to chat a little bit and catch up with each other. And um, I see there's some media and press here today, too. Yeah, I was surprised. It it was really cool to see all the different kinds of media that are coming in. Um, Tabletop Northwest, which is um, jumping back into the game, they are doing some uh, video um, interviews over there, so they're going to be having some fun stuff coming up. Uh, I see lots of camera crews walking around and, and getting, you know, kind of what's going on, but... It has been fun because being around the wine and, and opening all of our shows with on-air wine tasting and stuff after a couple of years, you do. You get to start catch up. It's like Kayla. Um, she's with Precept. I hadn't seen her in almost seven months, and to have her walk in here and, and to be able to reconnect, it's very much fun. 
the energy is definitely also one that is like vibrant. You know, it is a dark kind of rainy, gloomier Seattle uh, afternoon, but you certainly don't feel it in here. You know, it's like the energy is very yes. upbeat and live, and people are happy to be here, and the synergy between those two, you know, industries coming together, also, you know, you could tell there's a lot of love in the room. Oh, yes. Well, and I think there's just a lot of great energy in um, these industries now with, you know, we all had some tough economic times for a while, and we have really come out of that on all fronts in the Seattle area mm-hmm. and across the country. Yeah. And so we've got some really great things to be thankful for here. We've got so many new restaurants in Seattle. I actually was uh, pulling up a list of the top 10 new restaurants in Seattle for 2013. And oh, wow. I was just really, um, just really surprised at how many wonderful, wonderful new restaurants we have. Plus, we have so many of our good old... They've been there forever. And same with the Washington (laughs) wine industry. There's so many really great things going on in the industry. And, you know, Washington has more 90-plus point wine scores than anywhere else in the world. And that is really an exciting thing for our state. It sure is. And for us to be able to go out and talk about. So the buzz in the room today is no surprise. Hi, Greg. (laughs) One of the things I love about being on air is we get to say hi to people when they walk by. (laughs) Um, no, that, you know, that's one of the things that's been really fun is Washington wines, uh, for, for any listeners who are listening across the United States, you know, you've heard so much about California wines, and they're fantastic, but Washington has brought such a new energy, and um, they've re- really taken a look at the varietals and each individual grape in such a different way to really bring out all these amazing flavors. Uh, I think we throw some of the most amazing blends in Washington, not just individual varietals, but blends. Um, and for somebody who's grown up, the last literally last 10 years has been my growing up in the wine industry. It has been so much fun. Yeah. So much fun to be a part of it. <laughs> okay, well, with that said, today's show is brought to you by the Washington State Wine Awards and Sinatra Vodka, a new guy in town. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. So we're going to start off with, of course, um, wines today from uh, that were featured last year in 2013. We are going to be drinking one of the winners from last year and starting off with a very favorite of mine. Of course, with Stacy sitting here, I don't think I could um, actually say too much because she's a specialist and I will mess it up. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's it's rare that we actually get to drink the O wine in the red because usually it's gone. So we're starting today's show off with the O wine. So, you know, I'm really grateful that with uh, Chateau Saint-Michel taking on the brand and really growing uh, distribution and production really exponentially to be able to fund more scholarships, which I'll mention to those listening that you've probably heard this many times from me before, but the O stands for Opportunity and funds educational scholarships for young women. There have been 52 college scholarships to date, all first in their family to go to college. And so... Uh, it's really exciting that uh, Sam Michelle did come in and um, make a significant quantity of the red blend to complement the Chardonnay. That is awesome. Well, here is two O wines and their prospering future. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So, you want to tell us a quick little bit about this red blend? So this red blend is, I think it's a delicious little red blend. And as you mentioned before, Washington's got some great red blends. Um, this is a blend of a predominantly Merlot. Cab and Syrah, 59% Merlot. It's got a really nice base of the Merlot. Um, all the fruit comes from Yakima Valley. This wine is produced um, 
by Katie Nelson, who is the winemaker on both the Chardonnay and the Red Blend, and she has just done a fantastic job. Um, my husband and I had some of this wine recently, and this is a um, 2010 vintage, and it is drinking really, really it's nice and smooth. smooth, and it's got a lot of great body to it, and um, it's a really great price point wine that um, people have been loving. What do you two think of it? I think it's something that I could drink every day. Every day, yeah. yeah I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure this is an occasion wine. I think this is an everyday wine. That's what these wines yeah. are really meant to be everyday drinkers for those yeah. that like to drink every day. Exactly. You're, you're doing something good, though, because you're funding the educational scholarships for young women, so why not? Well, and that was, exactly. that's exactly what I was going to say is, is instead of feeling like you, you, you've got to wait for it, it's like, I'm not waiting. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like, you know, as a stylist, when I'm working with clients, there's just certain, like, key things and closets that you need to have, you know, your staples, your go-tos. Yep. And this I would say this would fall in that category yep. for me. <laughs> I love that. Let's pour another round. It's part of a wardrobe staple. <laughs> it, it is. It I'm is. Gonna, that's or a lifestyle staple, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and this is one of those wines that, you know, talking again about blends uh, for, for the new wine drinker or for the very um, experienced wine drinker, it's nice to have blends that have an appeal that will... Uh, bridge that gap and, and this definitely has that appeal and that whether you're a very experienced palate or if you're a very new palate you're going to find nuances of this wine that are going to be very easy to drink you know it's like a great outfit if it looks good everyone's going to think it looks good and this tastes good so you would, would you like to try some of the uh <laughs> we have our lovely jamie who is joining us and she is starting off again of course with a glass of the red i love your timing jamie it's perfect Am I on? I'm on. You're on. Okay, well, nothing like time. You sit down, have a full glass of wine and a microphone put in my hand. There you go. That is what you call time. <laughs> I'm here with all these beautiful women on Socially Savvy. I know. It's so much fun. I'm so glad it's you came to see you, Jamie. It's good to see you, Stacey. I see you on Facebook, but that's it. Well, and here we, you are in the flesh and blood. Well, the same goes for you. So we'll have to reconnect. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, Cheers to everybody. Yes. Thank God for Facebook. We oh now know gosh. what everybody's doing all the time because I, I used to see Jamie all the time at events, and I feel like I know exactly what you're up to, though. Yeah. yeah. We know what you're doing Do because you? we're watching. You're watching. <laughs> well, you know, and I have to say, I mean, you know, I, I have been a bit of a Facebook junkie in the past. I've, I've kind of tapered off a little bit. I'm finding it less fulfilling than it was there for a while. Yeah. You know what? Well, I, it's funny because I'm feeling kind of the same. I started filtering um, and with people, not not to be rude, but it's like if, if we don't have any kind of a relationship, it's kind of like, why? Yeah. Well, I think it's important, though, for I think it's, as long as people are not, and I've taken some social media classes about this because it's important to make sure to, uh, you know, just be appropriate about it and not yes. overpost because when you overpost, then people are going to not They're read They're going to stop, yeah. Well, I hate it can get annoying, and I and I actually think you know I mean I I, I honestly I honestly I think I was addicted to it for a while. <laughs> I mean I hate to use the word addicted, and I mean it in a in a good way. Okay, I think you might have been. You think yeah. so? Just maybe yeah. a little bit. So I I've actually kind of spread it out a little bit, and I and one of the things I did do, and for people listening about social media, was I separated out from my personal page. Yeah. And finally got the business the page business going. Page. Yep. So I've been able to sort of separate it out that way, and I think that's super helpful. It is. I did that about three years ago, and it was one of the best decisions. Um, it also 
it, it's like I think Stacy and I had talked about, you know, how much time you spend in your social media. It may be very aware because oh, it's, it's a like, time suck, definitely. Yes. Yeah. If I'm working on my business and then I'm aware of what times I'm on mm-hmm. and um, and just like you're saying, be polite and considerate and understand that, you know, people don't want your stuff bouncing up on the news feed constantly. Well, I know why you're using it. I mean, yeah. it is so important to separate out some of the business and the personal and then be able to really um, utilize it Target appropriately your for what, you, yep. what you're doing and to um, be able to... I, I I love to be to know what my friends are out there doing and what businesses they're doing and it's just it helps keep us all in the loop um, and it's one of those things that you can look at when you want or not. And right. I certainly don't see everything because I'm not on it all the time. No, and, and <laughs> yeah. even the way they have changed it somewhat, you really don't see everything quite the way you used to yeah. anyway in the feed. So so it's it's not. It's not serving up the same information in the same way. Yeah. Uh, but I do think from a business standpoint, it is a really effective tool. There's no question that it's a great tool. It's and just understanding how to utilize how that How to tool. use it properly. And, and, you know, and that takes time, too, because they're yeah. always changing it, right? And so are you oh, yeah. using any other social media? You know, I do use Twitter. Um, I tweeted for the first time in weeks today. Let me just say, I, I don't know about you guys, but I... Twitter is the one thing that I don't always key into. And it, it typically is very easy because, you know, you just write into your text, you put in your little code, and you're good to go. You can really think about Twitter in a different yeah. way because it's such a short message. And yeah. I don't use it. I got to say, I, my preferred Facebook, I do yeah. prefer Facebook. I don't know that's because it was first. But people are saying that Instagram is really the one that people are, are really big on right now. Instagram. Yeah, the, the visual with the picture. And, yeah. and Vine. And Vine. Now, and Vine, Vine is something that I played with a little bit, and that one's kind of fun. But I think I, I, in talking to some folks, I don't know if that's going to be the next big thing. Uh, I, my goal this year at my old age is to learn uh, how to Twitter tweet <laughs> you a little bit better age. than I do and age. Instagram a little bit more. But also, I, as much as I want to learn more, I want to be really aware of the amount of time that I spend and also how am, am I utilizing it in a useful way, yeah. whatever my purpose is. That's right. Well, and here's, a, here's a, a cool little tip for people who are looking at using different kinds of social medias. Um, if you understand your demograph with each of the social medias and if they are matching, you can do things where, like, if you post on your Instagram it will go to your Twitter and your Facebook. So you can, in effect, hit three social medias at once, but you do need to be very aware that your content is going to hit the demograph properly. So, you're, again, you're not overdoing it or, or feeding people information. It's like one of my favorite things is when I get stuff about single, being single. I'm married, okay? We're, we're talking 29 years with the same person. I don't want to hear about single. <laughs> See, I think it's hard to, to send the same message to all of those. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, even well, though there's some duplication in trying, terms of who's following, yeah. I think it's, you know, I think they're, they're different audiences a little bit. They are a little and, bit. And um, it was, certainly would be easier, though. There's no question. Yeah. You could just hit one button and it would all fill up, right? It's like, oh, well, it's different just, I'm just very, I try to be very blanket about information that I'm putting out so that to make sure that it's serving a purpose for everybody. Um, and then if I'm going to get very specific, then I will go to the each individual and, and manage it that way. Right. Uh, but it is nice for an event like this where I can, you know, post on Twitter and it'll go on my Facebook and, you know, hey, the Washington State Wine Awards here in Seattle. You know, that's something that's it's fun to know about, so. You know, I, Stacey, I haven't seen you in a long time, and I, uh, but I have uh, seen your wines, and I'm loving this O red wine. This is delicious, Isn't and I know lovely. that you, you are the creator and spokesperson for this brand. 
Um, and uh, I don't know. Does everybody that is listening know about O Wines already? I'm sure you've been on there. She gave them a blurb. She gave them a blurb. You already did. So I'm coming in you late. Bringing that up again because I can talk all day long about oh about I know O Wines. The, the charitable aspect, I think, is is what I mean. The wine. The wine is frankly delicious and yes, really affordable. Yes. So I mean, as a product, it's a great product. Thank you. Yeah, but the, the charitable aspect is um, was certainly a, a, a great way to come onto the market with a product. And um, well, you so, know, the one thing with this wine is that the brand was specifically created to do something good for the community. Right. It wasn't an add-on that oh, I have a wine and right. let me uh, throw some money so, yeah. at a charity. Do something the with intent it. was very specific to create a brand that does something good for the community. Right. And then through a lot of thought came up with the idea of having it fund educational scholarships because for me, I think that education is really the foundation of everything else that we, there's so much need in our community and we all see it. There are diseases, there are health issues, there oh, are yeah. educational issues, there are domestic violence issues. And this is just talking about here. We're not it's, talking about anywhere yeah. else in the world. Welfare, <laughs> all these things that cut across a lot of, you know, our, a lot of states, our country, different places in the world, too. But there are other global issues that go beyond right. that. But when I really was drilling it down and thinking about it, I thought, you know, um, education is the foundation of those other um, things that are out there. And I really felt that, and I, you know, our very first scholarship student is a great one who speaks to that. Her name's Angel, and many of you have heard me talk about Angel before, (laughs) but Angel had a very, very tough upbringing. Um, Drugs, alcohol, her father was incarcerated, there was some sexual abuse, there were a number of things, and this young woman has risen above it all. She was our very first scholarship recipient. She had since graduated um, from Northwest University with academic and leadership honors. She um, is now in a prep program at University of Washington to get her PhD. And then the thing I think is really cool is that she loves science and research and she got this <laughs> uh, degree in biology and she went to go, she did some work at Benaroya Research Institute while she was um, continuing prepping for her schooling and she wants to find a cure for a disease. She wants oh, to be I someone that, that makes a difference wow. in this world and, and helps really advance um, some kind of research that's going to make a difference in our that. world. And, and we funded, funded her. And so amazing. back to my point that of this so education cool. is the foundation. Yeah. So when these kids have an opportunity, when these young women are given the chance to go to college, no telling where they're going to take it. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It is really about opportunity and believing in yourself. You know, yep. um, I have two little boys. They're two and five. And my five-year-old's getting ready to go into first grade coming in fall. My husband and I are kind of, you know, in that realm of, okay, starting first grade, it's kind of like his life beginning, you know, first steps in the right direction as, you know, in the education, they like to, they like to say on the right track. Right. And that really does make such a difference in a child's life, in an adolescent's life, in an adult life, and yeah. so on. So Ed- Education is one of those things that um, understand what education means to your children or to the people that you're working with because interestingly enough a lot of us think of just the studious aspect of it 
but when you delve a little bit deeper, understanding that um, if you get people pointing the right direction, it actually inspires them. It can pull them out of peer pressure um, issues. It can drive them in a way that there's no amount of teaching, there's no amount of peer pressure, there's no amount of parenting is going to change. Well, it's that desire to attain that education that will drive that. Well, it's that IQ versus EQ, yes, you know, or that we like so. that right now the word grit, grit is yes. really important. Well, and one of the things, though, with the students that I've had experience with anyway and the, the ones that I work a lot with College Success Foundation out in Issaquah, and they have a, a vast array of other scholarships besides the O-Wine scholarships, but what we find is a lot of these kids that are low-income kids come from families where the parents were not promoting education. They nope. weren't even talking about it. They weren't. Many of them are not overly the educated. And yep. so the great thing is that another adult in these kids' lives and generally a teacher I think that's educator, really important. has yep. really pushed them. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really think that is important. And actually, uh, I think that I, I don't have my own children. I have stepchildren. Uh, but I think that, and I was the youngest in a family of four, so I had, you know, role models older than me that I, that I dealt with. That you followed, but yeah. what I have noticed in... Um, friends who have young kids is that other adult figures in their lives, how important those figures are that are not their parents. Yes. Because you never, and that, that's a great point, because the thing is we never know in our lives what we might say to someone else that makes a difference to them or influences them. And one of the things that I, there's a quote that I love, and it's about um, in this great big world we live in, um, you may only be one person, but to one person, you may be their world. And Maybe so you just room. don't know what yep. our actions, our comments, our words to anybody, what those might Mean. help them oh, do yeah. and educate them or totally. motivate them to do something different. Jamie and I were talking about that a little earlier. She interviewed me on her table talk. And before that, we were talking a little bit. I, I came over to see what she was doing. And um, we had sat down for lunch, and she was talking about, you know, do I do something again? Do I not do something again? And I'm one of those that's like, okay, I was a cheerleader. I'm like, go for it, girl, go for it, you know. And to see her sitting here doing You her, influenced me. She said, go for it. Doing, I'm like, should I do it? Should I do it? Sometimes that's all you need. That well, little, you know, and you know, that's the thing. It's girlfriends and people, and people behind you. Women are willing to support women oh, that huge, way. Huge. I, that, I think, I, I don't know if it's a consciousness shift or something, but it seems like people are much more open about what they're doing and, and willing to share their knowledge in a way I, I haven't experienced before. I don't know if that's my age. Maybe I'm growing into it. Sure. Or maybe think, from my end. I don't know. I think there's a little bit more. If you take a look at the younger generation, and we're going to get way off topic, but I love that about that's, this show. That's socially savvy. <laughs> we it is socially, we're drinking wine. Anything's possible. Um, what I'm seeing with the younger generation is they have a social consciousness mm. that they're being raised into. Um, some of them don't even know where they're getting it. It's just a part of their life. And so I'm seeing my, my young men coming in. Um, for instance, my oldest, he is 21. He's a rugby player at Central. Uh, he played football in high school. It was one of the most amazing things, and it, and it would like almost make me cry because he took the time as a senior. He played uh, football. So he would literally of his own accord, walk off the field, gear and all, walk across the, the, the street with gear on to start coaching his little brother's football team. Oh. And he would spend two and a half hours co coaching him. Then he would go home and he would slam down food and he would do his homework and he did what it, he had to do. Watching him do that for two and three years, his senior year, when um, he went out for his, his first game of senior year, that little team was lined up along the side. And I'm just like, you know, I still tear up because it was so cool to watch 
he was inspiring these kids, but what these kids, little seven and eight-year-olds didn't realize is they were inspiring him. And I think because of the mentorship programs, things like what Stacy's put into effect, things like the Little League football, baseball, um, rugby, all these things that we have started with our children very young, is teaching them to reach out to that player and help them up. I teaching them to reach out. is a big influence yeah. on kids. And, I mean, I you, you take a look at there's discipline that comes from that and direction and guidance. A lot of discipline, yeah. And, and a joy. spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work and with it's others. also on their own accord. Yeah. You know, my little one, he, I mean, he's five. And it's amazing to me how important his self-confidence is to him to make his own decisions, even, like, in his own life right now. Right. So as a mom, trying to kind of hone that in, you know, you don't want to beat them down all the time like I'm your mom you listen to what I say <laughs> right at the same time you don't want him running a wild but it, you know just that feeling of wow you know he as little people they have and we all had when we were little that really that sense of self and that voice that you know needed nurturing or that needed I think you, know, you said lack it though of a weather word love I think I think your phrasing is the key to it little people not yes. children not no. babies yes, little, they people. Are little people they are thinking <laughs> let me tell you yes. they have opinions they're developing yeah yes okay so let's we're going to move forward just a smidge um, uh, I am of course uh, if you are from the northwest you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about if you're not from the northwest I'm sorry you're still going to know exactly what I'm talking about uh, Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl, Woo! and we could not be more excited and more supportive. Woo-hoo! Today, I'm wearing my, I've got kind of like the superwoman thing where underneath my blouse, I've got my <laughs> Lady 12, um, I'm all in um, shirt. We've got Stacy who's got her um, manicure that oh, is all yeah. Seahawks, and we've got jewelry over here on, oh. um, <laughs> on, on I know, we've got everybody, oh, is, jewelry you know, got a little bit of, of <laughs> this And, and me, on. who was not a football fan, I have turned into a football fan, I want you to know. I love it. I ignored it for so long, and I my college days are coming back to me, and I've been watching the games, and I have, it is, honestly, it is, exciting. It is contagious. Yes. yes. The well, city is on, on, it is on, on fire, fire, isn't it? The city's well, on fire. So fun. You know, and it's one of those things that's funny, and, and this will be a really great conversation to have with you ladies. Um, of course, Richard Sherman sparked off a lot of interesting things. Um, being an overly socially aware woman, <laughs> I watched the original tape and watched his eyes behind the mask. and watched. So I was one of the first ones who was arguing about what his intent was. So I was really happy when he came out, what his intent was, and it was proven, and they could hear the audibles afterwards, and I was right. I'm like, yes, yes, he's exactly who I thought he was. Um, But to me, it was such an affirmation of trying to understand just how much passion goes into performing at that level. Um, We did a show here a couple of weeks ago where we had Mama Sherman on. And we were talking about what it was to be a socially savvy super fan. What does that look like? Understanding when you are behind a team that is that elevated and you have players that are that electric. You know, how do you behave? What do you do? And and it was great to hear her um, outlook as our responsibility as fans. We were talking about the same thing and understanding that we are the power behind them. We are that energy and that electricity that charges them. When they hit the ground, if we're the ones booing, they will lose. If they hit the ground and we're the ones that are cheering them on, you see these amazing plays. I mean, Sherman performs because he loves 
his team, and he loves the people of the city. I think the energy behind them also is that they're so young. They are. And us a little bit, you they're know, not older jaded. ladies, <laughs> we feel young. Yeah. I feel like I'm 23 years old and I'm oh my gosh. Wilson, you know what I mean? I feel that energy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to Stacey's point, you know, she said that this is really the time uh, for Washington State Wines in one night. You know, it is the time for Washington all the way around. Oh, all the way. Know, yeah. in, a lot of in hard work. Sports. In yep. music, music with the Grammys, the Grammys last oh, night like, with Macklemore. Seattle is on fire. Yeah, Seattle well, is on fire, fire, for you sure. You start throwing in things like, um, of course, music has always been a big one. We are in the top five for designers. Most yes, people don't even realize well. that. See, now, that unfortunately, cool. they typically move out of the state. Yes. Well, <laughs> Tell me about it. But you talk about buy everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, you know that. I You've been going to the Seahawks game, so I have not been to one live, but I've been watching oh, for so a long time. So please so tell me, fun. how loud is it? Crazy. Ridiculous. It, the, well, we're breaking these um, the world book records. Yep. Down uh, barrier. I don't know. Yep. We're making we're making world records. I think we're in the Guinness yep. Book of World uh, Records. The, yeah, it is really really loud, and I um I know there are people that take earplugs sometimes to cover <laughs> up for it, but it, no, it, I never just, do. It is so exciting though. I'll tell you what. It just the electricity in the statement yeah. gets people oh going, yeah. and then they're yelling louder and louder and louder, and I. I I never knew that I could yell as loud as I do. <laughs> you you. <laughs> you know what's funny is that when you're in the stands, I've sat, I've had the pleasure of sitting in almost every arena. Location. Or location, oh, yeah. excuse me, um, in the stadium. And it's like the people next to you, no matter where you're sitting, oh, they yeah. are your family for oh, that six for that minutes of yeah. football. They you know really what I mean? Are. They, they really are. They are the you people that, on to I mean, other. I had a guy, like, hug me and pick me up and, like, <laughs> you know, twirl me around. I'm like, okay, that's great. I mean, that is something that is I'm amazing. T- I mean, I'm feeling like I'm, yep. I'm in my early 20s again going to, I'm a Husky alum, so going to, you know, Husky <laughs> football game and just oh being in the student section, it's right? Really that energy fun. is Are crazy. you going to the Super Bowl? No, we're not. We no. were thinking about it, and then um, we do have season tickets for the, the Seahawks, which has been really fun um, nice, nice. to go to the games. And uh, we have a lot of friends going to Super Bowl, and I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. It's going to be pretty cold. It's going to be yes, really it's cold. Be cold. But yeah. it is going to be just so amazing. And, you know, every TV in the city is going to be on watching the Seahawks this weekend. I'm going to be happy to be in a nice warm house watching it on right. a big screen TV. I hope okay. to. And, and I hope we don't have a power, we don't surge the power oh with everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't even think that. No. no. I just helped a client yesterday. She's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We, were, we and, met her at the Volume 12 store for the Lady 12 event. For the opening. And yep. she was like, I came up here from LA and did not anticipate <laughs> going straight to the Super Bowl. Or I have nothing carpet. to yeah. wear. Yeah, and I have red yeah. carpet events yep. and what should I do? Yep. And you know, it was just exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. Just like, you know, knowing that well, and, and so many that's people another, from here are going and, and representing another, the twelve so so well. Oh yeah, and that's another great example of what Seattle is creating is um, Joe Tafoya and Carrie Carter created Volume 12. Yes. And from Volume 12 has come this Lady 12. This is the 12th woman uh, uh, store. Lady, no, uh, volume, volume 12, 12 yep. is the store. Uh-huh. Lady 12 is um, Brandilyn Tafoya's okay. brainchild. And it's awesome because it really encapsulates, allows us to be women and still be the super fans uh-huh. with our bling. 
It's really pretty um, exciting. You know what else is really cool? Behind that world record, right. both of them. So, uh, you know, having both Kerry Carter and Joe Tafoya having been Seahawks and played Amazing. the game, they understand both okay. sides of it. And so they're, they're putting t- together one of the parties over in New York. Which are um, great parties all week long. All and week long. And they're, you know, putting four, I think it's four miles of I saw that area. Today. It's just all going to be about, thing. yep. Wow. Uh, and and oh, Bryant Park is all being converted. It's going to be great. <laughs> but you know what? I have a, a friend who's on a business trip right now, and she took the 12th man flag, took pictures in Machu Picchu on Easter Island. I've got a brother it's in like Germany that's hung the 12 man flag. The oh, 12 is around the world. It is around and the world. That's been really so cool fun. to watch. And, and that's, you know, it's funny because I want to loop, loop around before we oh. move on real quick. But talking about the spark, um, Richard Sherman really encapsulates what a young person, again, who comes from a very tricky past with the support of one or two very key people and what they can attain and then what they show. Um, I know there's been a lot of controversy about his emotional spark, but when it comes down to it, anybody who has the bravado and has earned the right to that emotion, um, we are not in a politically correct profile well, I mean, I anymore. I, yeah. I think Everybody I think is, you, need that, you need that. You should be able in yourself. to. You, you need should, to exactly. think you're number one. Exactly. I mean, if you I don't totally think you're number one, that. no one's going to think you're number one, and you're never going to be number one. I agree. And he is still like 25 already, years he's old. He's already walking the way. You know what I mean? Though. Like <laughs> I don't even. You know, I mean, I'm not coming from the football world. I mean, really, this is pretty objective. And, and I'm a pretty <laughs> and I'm a pretty emotive person. So you know, yeah. I mean, I can be explosive. So so when I'm when I'm watching someone like that, and I'm thinking to myself. You know, they, this guy has to be geared up to go out on the field oh, yeah. and kill. I mean, it, I don't want to say train to kill. I mean, I don't mean it seriously, but I mean that kind of mentality when you're out there, and then they're going to stick a camera in their face. You know, right after that, it's like he's totally worked up. I and, mean, and you know what? It's really, I think, really even bigger about this is that he has people talking about Seattle all over the world. He is just made a great statement about the city of Seattle. He is making things happen and making people talk about Seattle. Which I love. Exactly. And and the more they talk about Seattle, the more they talk about Washington Wines, which is where we are at the Washington State Wine Awards. (laughs) (laughs) The Pain Center of Bellevue offers real relief to pain and healthier approach to your life. With services like chiropractic, weight loss, trigger point injections, acupuncture, massage, and rehab, you're sure to find your healthier approach to life. You can find them at www.bellevuepaincenter.com. Tell them that Socially Savvy sent you and receive a 30-minute doctor supervised trigger point massage and pain management consultation. Call 425-455-2225. Not redeemable for cash. Okay, so we're going to hit a Socially Savvy fact. You know, I usually will do hints and then we do uh, acceptable and unacceptable, but we're going to start with a a fact um, going on to the whole wine. Okay. it is a fact, according to Samantha Lynch Nutrition, the reason that a Pinot, a Cab, a Chianti, and a Malbec, and they say on, are on the top of the drink-up chart is all in the fruit that's behind it, the grape. Wine wow. is healthy because it contains grapes. Natural, um, the, the natural, um, what do you call it, I'm trying to think, um, antioxidants in it, um, as well as other ingredients that help to keep and maintain a healthy heart, healthy blood flow. Um, so I wanted to point out that it is, in fact, factual. 
Okay. That it's very healthy to drink red wine. <laughs> well, then let me, let me get <laughs> in Let's let drink the red wine. <laughs> and with that, we're going to um, touch base on our second tasting, um, Cannon Ridge Reserve. This is um, a fantastic blend. It's a 2010. It's their Cherry Street Red Blend. Um, they were a sponsor of Socially Savvy last year. It, it was a lot of fun to get to know their wines, and so we wanted to thank them for participating again this year. It is a Bordeaux style, so for somebody who does like a little bit bolder and, again, likes a blend, this is a great wine to try out. Yummy. Awesome. Very much fun. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's start chatting about myths and wine tasting. Oh, I've got a few good ones I for you. I figured, you know, with with the present company that I've got my little note <laughs> Tell here. Tell us but the truth. <laughs> okay, I figured want, I wouldn't have to first? say very much, no, so right I'm going to let you there guys There are a lot start. of them out there. there we can talk yeah, okay, all day. So, so, <laughs> so you guys saw mine. Let's do like so. your, your top five. Oh, that's your top a lot. Your, let's okay, go with my top, top two. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay. And then hopefully I didn't hit those. The that came to me when you told me what the theme was, the first one is that all that that... Pink wine is sweet. Pink wine. Rose. Okay. Like rose. So rose. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, pink wine. It's like the old-fashioned white Zinfandel. And that yeah, is no. so not true because they're making rose out of many different kinds of red grapes right now. Yeah. And there are all kinds of styles. There's dry. There's off-dry. I mean, just like with Riesling. You know, everybody assumes Riesling is sweet, but that's not really the case with no. all Riesling. So I would say get over the idea that pink wine is always sweet. And Oh, I don't drink. A lot of people, I don't drink pink wine. And it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. There are so many delicious rosés. And because spring is around the corner, that's when a lot of them are released. And, and they're so really, you know, I think people should be aware of the fact that there is a lot of excellent rosé out there. It's a fantastic spring and summer wine to have. Delicious. And you know what? If I can just jump on that bandwagon for a minute, I think that that... Um, that really leads into one of the myths that I was thinking of is that it's not just the pink. It's if someone, if you have any varietal and you think you don't like it, try, a try different one. others because yeah. there are so many. That, I mean, you can get it's the fruit. Where did the fruit come from? What's the style that the winemaker yep. made with that varietal? There are so many components that go into it that it's a very unfair thing to ever just claim I tried a Pinot and I don't like it. Or I tried a pink and it was too right. sweet. Yeah. I don't like Classified. red wine. How about that one? I don't like oh, red wine. Oh, I know. Like, you know what? I fell into a variety of red wine from the spectrum. It's like, it's <laughs> that's big. a pretty big spectrum. <laughs> Same with white. Well, and for me, I was a big, I don't like Chardonnay. I don't like buttery and oaky. And every right. Chardonnay I'd ever had was buttery and oaky. And then... How are and, we friends? And then no, no, <laughs> How no. Are we friends? Actually, I have to say the first, the first non-buttery oaky Chardonnay I ever had was O wine, and I about fell out of my chair. And so ever since then, I've tried. You know, and I think it was Stacy. She goes, "What do you mean you don't like Chardonnay? <laughs> Who are you?" <laughs> but it, to me, that was really the epitome of understanding. And it was funny because at the same time, I had started my wine study. So when I was, I was studying Chardonnay, the varietal, I was reading it. And it said, you know, different kinds of sand, different kinds of, all these different things would in, influence the flavor. But I'm thinking, every Chardonnay I'd ever had was buttery and oaky. I'm like, what's going on? And a couple of weeks later, I tasted yours and started talking to you, and I realized it was just that um, the particular region that I was drinking from at the time, well, I mean, they were all producing style. it the same way. Right. And then up in Washington, which is one of my favorites. So I'm going to say this to anybody who's always been that, um, I don't drink Chardonnays because I don't like them. You've got to try at least five 
five Washington Chardonnays, I guarantee, I guarantee you it will change your mind about a Chardonnay. If you try five of anything, I think we could pretty much get them. Up. <laughs> if you try five of them, we'll pretty much have you drinking pretty much any variety. Pretty much what do you think? Yes. I think that is so You'll find it. You know, <laughs> Think about it. That really goes with anything. Again, stylistically. Right. Think oh, about yeah. a, a um, Riesling. Right. Well, everyone thinks Riesling oh, totally. is sweet. Well, right. you know what? It's not. It's not. <laughs> and not when you always. drink, um, there's, you know, there's different kinds across the spectrum. And yep. it's just important to get out there and try different things. And with that said, one of the other, you know, there's a myth about people thinking that they need to know a lot about wine to be able to enjoy wine. Oh, and yeah. you really don't. It's a personal choice. And I like to call it the yum or yuck. Oh, Drink yes, the wines that you think are yummy, <laughs> and the ones you don't care for, don't make don't a big issue out of it. Just, just move on. Move on. Move on. Yeah. There's plenty the to choose from, right? explanation I have ever heard. I love that. We, we were... <laughs> Chin. Cheers. Cheers. That's a good one. <laughs> yum or yuck. Yum or yuck. like the poison sticker, sort yep. of, but not really. Well, you know. Well, <laughs> well, but, but true, it's, right? it's just a wine, wine um, in some areas gets believe that it is just so complicated and that you have to know so much and there is so much to know I'll tell you what I learn something new about wine every day and I hope I do for the rest of my life I and I will still spend, never learn it all you could spend your life learning about wine and still not know it all and that is the, that is the thing is that it is a vast subject and I think that you have to kind of be comfortable where you're comfortable yeah and learn as you can, and you know. And the other piece is, is educating other people. So if you find something you really like, yeah, tell other people about exactly. it. Exactly, I love it with I them. And speaking of telling people about something else that you like, we are going on to our third tasting, which it's funny. It's not because <laughs> Stacy's here, and I swear, I swear, it's not because Stacy's here. But one of my favorite red blends to this day is the D2. Yours um, and a lot of other people. Thank you, <laughs> everyone who loves you too. Um, and I'm going to have Stacy tell us a little bit about it. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite things, I always tell people, so you were talking about Yum and Yuck Wine, which uh, I just aired our show for the my favorites from 2013, and I pulled out all my favorite phrases. That's exactly what, uh, that one of the phrases I pulled that Greg said, yum or yuck. And I was, I was cracking up Greg? because... Oh, you've got Greg on it now, too. That's Yes, we've well, had Greg on the show. started it, maybe. But yeah. anyway, we, we, we kind we of did. work as a team. Um, but what is so, what I find uh, so amazing is when people are looking at taking their friends and stuff, wine tasting, uh, I get a lot of Facebook and, and messages, obviously, because I'm a, a lot of different wineries. And um, I always suggest Delil, and here is why. Because it doesn't matter what your palate is, that you're going to enjoy the, something that they have. The staff of it is that they're going to help find the right ones for you to taste. And it doesn't matter if you're bringing in a combination of people who've drank a lot of wine or who haven't drank a lot of wine. It's one of the first places I suggest people to start off in Woodinville because of your staff and because of how you explain the wine. Um, so definitely one of my favorites. Thank you very much. Yeah, that tasting room in Woodinville has really, that whole area has become just something that is a treasure and it continues growing and growing. You can't go out there on a weekend without having a lot of, there's a lot of foot traffic, it's very busy, you go to the DeLille Cellars Carriage House Tasting Room, 
and we have, um, you know, you can walk to 27 wineries. So park oh, your I car know. once and I, walk I, around. I love you it. never hit them all in a day. But, but I always start off with yours because thanks. the room is, you've got the, the you, if you're a wine club member, you have your own area, which is nice. I mean, it's not to be necessarily that you're separated, but when it's really busy, it's nice to have a place where you can sit down and take a breather and really enjoy the wines. Um, but then for everybody, you accept everybody in there. And the staff, again, is so great about kind of walking you through, introducing. So I think it's a great place to start. And then because you are so centrally located, to be able to bounce around and um, do tasting in some of the other rooms. So, yeah, thank you thank for you. And that, you know, that tasting room grew from a small one-room area to now over 3,000 square feet of tasting space oh, it's, for it's all of our amazing. great um, customers who we appreciate so much. Yeah, no, I love it. So, so the D2, D2, what does it have in it? Well, D2 has been around since inception, since 1992. Um, the D2 is a blend of Cab Merlot, Cab Franc, and a little bit of Petit Verdot. It uh, comes from a, a number of different vineyards around um, you know, Washington, uh-huh. with so a lot of fruit coming from Red Mountain. Okay. And then from some other premium grape growers. So it's uh, one of our um, really well-known brands. Photo up. And people um, love D2, and they know, a lot of people just know D2 by the name D2, and right. not even... They not don't know anything about it, they just... Well, and it's they, funny. This D2 has it's a cult following it of does. its own, which we love. And for those of you listening that might have had a hard time in the past getting D2, we have increased production for this next... Um, we did in uh, the 2012, so by uh, the next... Um, release in next November. We'll have more. quite a bit more wine, but we will sell out of this wine um, probably by <laughs> April, May this year. Well, so get out and get some D2 if you love your D2. Grab a bottle or two and put it away because it's, I went and snagged this from your table and she says, well, we only have three, so you have to bring the remaining back. And I don't think she understands that <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> She might send Greg this way to get it because they may. might run she out may. really quick. Which is fine. I mean, we're, we're trying to be very <laughs> we'll drinking it. We'll stop drinking it. Okay, so moving on with myths. Um, one of my myths is red wine causes more headaches than white wine due to higher sulfate content. Completely false. Um, sulfate, sulfur dioxide, contrary to popular belief, sulfites do not cause headaches. In fact, our bodies produce 1,000 milligrams of sulfites each day. Wow. Um, but if you're asthmatic, if you have asthmatic issues, sulfites can induce an allergic reaction. So understanding that red wines have less added sulfates than white wines, as their grape skins have naturally preserved, uh, have a natural preservation ability, cheaper low alcohol white wines require more sulfates to prevent oxidization. So um, as for the headaches, dehydration is the cause. Uh, to avoid a hangover headache, drink in moderation. Um, or as Stacy Lil has so graciously taught me, one glass of wine, one glass of water. One Very glass true. of wine, <laughs> one glass of water. <laughs> uh, one thing I might add to just what you said about the wine is that there, you know, some people do have sensitivities to sulfites um, or tannins. Yes. And one thing you'll find is if you are drinking wines from some of these boutique wineries such as Stilil that are making limited quantities and limited productions, you'll find far less sulfites in those. They're a, they are a preservative. And so when you go to... Um, particularly a grocery store and you're buying wine that has been produced in large bulk or in large mass quantity, that's where you're going to find the wines that have more uh, potential issues for those with allergies, you know, the sulfites in there. And um, I think that 
it's not 100% true, but really the, the more you're paying effect. for a wine, though, yes. you're going to find it has the less of the of a sulfite or something in it that's going to cause an allergic reaction. Yeah, so, and and I'm just going to round it up by saying I am highly sensitive. So when I say highly sensitive, um, if I go to get my teeth pulled out and they knock me out at 10 o'clock, if the anesthesiologist is not aware that I'm a high sensitive, I will wake up at 6 o'clock at night. Okay, so we're talking super high sensitive. Um, One of the things that I've learned is while it's not about the cost of the wine, the cost usually reflects the amount of time and effort that's gone into the wine. So, i.e., the refinish, uh, how the, the, fine, the wine is refined. If a wine is properly refined, and I say properly in that it is refined in a way that the body can assimilate it properly, you will have less of a chance of a hangover. So while it is not about the, the price of the wine, it kind of is because in order to get that kind of refinement, it does take time and it does induce cost. So. Well, that's a really good point that um, the wines that are more expensive generally have, um, you know, the fruit is more expensive, the process yep. is more expensive, process the oak barrels expensive. are more expensive, the process is definitely there's there's cost associated with uh, yep. any product out there on the market, and exactly. you do pay for what you get. Yep. Very so, true. So I always I tell, tell people, too. Yep, if, <laughs> you, for. if you are a sensitive and if you've always gotten a headache, say you believe from red wines, my advice to you is try a, a red wine of $30 and above and you will probably see a significant difference. Um, you start getting into 40 and $50 bottles of red, you're going to find that you really, really enjoy them and are going to probably have not... If, if if no um, issue, very, very little issue, add in drinking that glass of water with it and you're going to be great. Um, okay, another one of my uh, myths that I wanted to uh, really bust open is open the bottle to let it breathe. I was somebody who thought that that's what you needed to do. Um, uncorking a bottle of wine and letting it sit for an hour is surely the worst way to treat yourself to your wine. Um, not only... Can you not drink the wine for an hour? The aerating method is inefficient. Mm. Um, That's why you have aerators where you pour it through. And the thing to remember is a wine sitting in an open bottle, because the neck is so so slender, it's not allowing any air to mix with the wine. When you pour it, it's that exposure of that wine to the oxygen that allows it to aerate. So letting it sit there in the bottle is not going to help you at all. (laughs) So either use an aerator or what I would usually suggest is go online. And and this is one of the things that I love about Washington Wines is almost everybody does their due diligence and they put on there the best years to drink the wine and the best ways to present the wine. Well, and I think that um, when you talk about aerating the wine, it's really important to um, do that when you have it. Depends on the age of the wine and how long it's been in the bottle, too. So. Yeah, I learned the hard way. I opened a very old bottle of wine and um, I let it go two years too long. We drank it for the first 15 minutes. It was great. Um, for the next hour and a half, it tasted like cough syrup. I oh, actually wow. let it aerate and set it aside for a day and a half, and it went back to tasting really good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I was you, terrified because I, mean, I, I spent a lot of money no, on the wine. <laughs> well, yeah, I would think that there was no turning back once it started to. Well, I thought for know. sure. I thought for sure it was just going to be a cookie wine, but I was I was very pleasantly surprised. So nice. Yeah. Very much so. Good to know. What about you? Do you have any um, myths that you had found out about? Myths. You know, you hit the one. The one that I. <laughs> the the one. one that I knew. Um, <laughs> that I 
think is totally true um, or not true is the whole red wine headache thing. Um, in fact, my husband used to say that, say that, oh, you know, I get this headache in the back of my head, you know, when I drink a red wine. And, you know, finally I turned to him and I said, well, you don't ever drink white wine, so do you think it's the wine or the color of the wine? <laughs> I like that. Let's let's just point out the color of the wine. <laughs> I don't think it's the color you, of the you wine. You know, I don't think it's the color. I think that it, it it really is. We're all individual people, and we all have different sensitivities to different sure. things, um, different products, different whatever. Some people m- more than others, and so it really it's just an it's a really individual situation. Sure. But I think that it is, yeah. it is important to note, though, that the way wine is made, um, the wine, different wines, how long they're intended to stay on a shelf, or be drank or there's a number of factors that do feed into how that wine may impact an individual. I I have a question for you, Stacey. So I, when I work with clients, you know, we talk about their style, you know, their sense of style. We, you know, generally don't like to categorize, but however, you know, we do tend to lean towards things that we like a lot. So seeing that you're a bit of a fashionista, do you think that... I know, I love her style. Yeah. (laughs) Do do you you think that wine is kind of that same thing? Like, it's kind of like with your, maybe your, like you're saying, your sensitivity, which maybe falls in line with your personality or your lifestyle or your Actually, Leslie Sabroco. Yeah, I was just going to say, Leslie Sabroco, she's a friend, but she's a known uh, face in the wine industry and is a national correspondent for the Today Show and does a number of different events around the country. But she wrote a book specifically about about styles and what you wear and what that reflects about you, and um, it's a really interesting book. But I think that there there are some things with that, you know. Yeah, personality-wise. I, like, I, I really like, um, I love champagne, and I love oh, to drink champagne, <laughs> especially around the holidays. And mm-hmm. that's usually when um, I tend to get more, you know, Dressed up more, yeah, more often. I mean, yeah. we're out all the time. You're around at all kinds of wine events, so I'm I'm constantly doing the black tie or the cocktail dress or something like that. But um, I just kind of feel it's like that a little bit more of an elegant feel of dressing up and drinking a little champagne. And oh, most then, definitely. You know, um, and there's wines like a a good, um, you know, cabernet, like a really really yummy, dark, decadent, heavy yes, cabernet. Decadent. It feels, you know, like maybe it's a certain style of clothing that's, um, I don't know, high heels. Well, or, I like, think what? it's an attraction. Yeah, you... I, I think I would definitely agree with you because when there are certain things, it's like when I think of champagne and I think about when I drink it because honestly, if I have to be honest with myself, I'll drink it. I'll find an excuse. Um, but <laughs> when I am dressed up, I, I have a tendency, if I'm wearing my heels and I'm dressed to the nines and I've got my pearls and I'm, I'm decked out from head to toe, my natural tendency to order is a, is a, a champagne or a, champagne, a sparkling yeah. wine. Um, or if I'm going to go with a red, it is a heavier, like, cab or Bordeaux style. Um, and I think that some of those are just indicative to the personality in in what it elicits in our taste, what it yeah. elicits in our personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that connection of fire off. You know, we, we think about all the energy that goes through our thought process and how our bodies work. Um, I think there is a lot of conjunction to that. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. I think there's a direct correlation with fashion and wine. Oh, yeah. Because I think, Check you know, out Leslie Sabroco. My... She's been on the show before. I and she is a hoot. 
Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, last year she did a show at Chateau Saint Michel, and she had fashion and was she did the pairing with the fashion with the different kinds of wine varietals, and it was a blast. Mm-hmm. I was it's just thinking this was so much it's fun. So interesting. You know what? I have another wine that I do, and Elby um, knows about this because it's a um, more of a friends and family wine, but it's called Cashmere. Oh, I'm and not, I it's a high-end Chardonnay brand called Cashmere, and I came on to the name of that because I wanted to create a high-end Chardonnay that was buttery, full-bodied, that you um, had a sense of warmth when you were drinking it, that it just felt cozy and comfortable, and you wanted to drink it. It feels like a cashmere sweater. Just like a cashmere sweater. Sitting in front of the fire, or yeah, yeah, like when you're wearing a warm, cozy cashmere sweater, and so that's all about cashmere. Exactly. It's a little bit of like, like an accessory to your outfit. Exactly. Exactly. And with that, we are going to move on to our fourth tasting, which is an interesting... I love Alexandria Nicole. Um, it's her destiny, her 2010, that we are tasting next. Um, I have a great story behind the Alexandria Nicole. Um, they, her, her son and my son were both um, in high school, and we were... In, interestingly enough, we, the high schools ended up playing each other. And the first year she came over and they were the winners and we were the Washington losing team. Like, oh. like we sucked. Honestly, we sucked. <laughs> and the, the boys on the team that next year that came up to play their team um, had so much talk about passion and fire um, that we gave them a run for their money. And it was this very fiery, fantastic game. So then the following year, we went over to Prosser to play their team. I reached out to Alexandria Nicole, and um, she put together a tailgate party at their tasting room in Prosser for all the Redmond parents that came over. So I have a very natural affinity <laughs> towards yeah. Alexandria Nicole because... Allie and Jared Boyle oh, are, are the awesome sweetest people. people. And you know what I love is it comes through in their wine a lot. So um, with that, I wanted to introduce the, the Destiny 2010 that we are going to be drinking. It is a fantastic blend. You can go to Alexandria Nicole on Facebook or .com um, to find out more information about their wine. It is a yummy wine. Yes, it is As fantastic. you would say, yummy. It's not yeah, yucky. It is <laughs> yummy. Yes, it yeah. is definitely they yummy. They do a really nice job with their wines. They have great fruit. They have a, well, Jared's a great winemaker. Jared's and awesome. You know, um, we're so lucky in Washington because we do have what uh, the Wine Commission for a while was calling the perfect climate for wine. Oh, my gosh. And as we know, Mother Nature plays such an important role in how the uh, wines uh, turn out. So we have to have good fruit, but then we have to have good winemakers that are able to um, really take their art and pull it out of the fruit and pull it together and create a, a wine that is beautiful and Again, Washington State, we have so many of these great wines, and one of the things that that um, lends itself to that is that we have, in eastern Washington, the really hot, warm days, but we have cool nights, and so it lends the itself cool to an amazing that, balance. Well, that and a, a really nice natural acidity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have you tell us one more of your um, uh, myths. And while we're doing that, I am going to be opening the last tasting because we're going to be wrapping it up here really quickly because we're going to be going into the award section of, oh, of the show. Very, I very excited. Awesome. Um, but oh. I do want to make sure that we get a tasting in for San Michel. Chateau San Michel has rebranded some of their sparklings, and we are going to be drinking the Rose Brut. So I'm going to be popping that cork while Stacey tells us about one more of her myths. So I'm getting excited for the awards. I can't wait for that in a few minutes here. Um, one of the myths that I think is, is out there that oftentimes people are unsure of is that you need to drink white wine with fish and red wine with meat. And I think that that is just that. It's a myth that you probably heard the big 
the cork pop a minute ago in the background here. I with, love the cork uh, pop. <laughs> opening the Michelle, which is a Brut Rosé. And oh it looks beautiful, too, by the way. The wine looks, that color is pretty. Um, so back to the myth. White wine <laughs> with fish, red wine with meat, not true at all. You really need to drink what goes with the dish. And really think about if you have a hearty, if you're having a heartier dish, you probably do want to drink um, something a, a little a, bolder. Yeah, a wine that's got some more grip to it, that's got a yeah. little bit more mass. But one thing that you can think about, too, is drink wine. Think about the color of the dish that you're making. So if you're making uh, spaghetti with a, a red, a heavy red sauce with meatballs and things, you've got a, a heavier dish going on. So you probably want a little bit of a heavier wine, a red wine of some sort with that. Yep. And then, of course, there's what varietal of the red wine. There's a lot of them. But then think about if you're making um, like a pasta dish with a cream sauce on it, um, a white cream sauce, creamy, lighter, probably some kind of a white wine. Nice. Well, you know, it's one of those things that I've looked at, again, you know, going back to the whole fashion thing, um, when you are thinking about flavors and you're thinking about clothing and stuff, uh, fragrance comes in the same thing, is you so don't true. want it to overpower. So one of my, my favorites is Coco Mademoiselle. A lot of people wish they could wear it, but if they wear Coco Mademoiselle and you don't have the attitude, you're not going to be able to pull it off. Same thing goes with the food. If the food has got not a strong enough attitude and you have a really bold wine, it's going to is going to overbear it. So like Stacey's saying, think about the different kinds of foods. Um, we're going to be wrapping up our show. We want to thank Chateau Saint-Michel for um, letting us finish off with the Brute Rose. And um, we want to thank our sponsors, Washington State Wine Awards, Rainier Beer, Bellevue Nordstrom's, Gunner Nordstrom's, Pop Chips, Daniel's Broiler, um, Advanced Skin and Body Solutions, Mode Magazine, and Zico Waters. We want to remind you all to subscribe to the Socially Savvy Show to be entered into drawing for prizes. And um, check us out on the RSS radio if you have to have, happen to have a smartphone as well as iTunes. Um, make sure to make every event better because you are there. And look forward to, we're going to be listening who all the 2014 wine uh, winners were for this year. Congratulations to everybody. And thank you, everybody, for being on the show today. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you, Socially Savvy. Next, we have a few interviews of a couple of the winners from tonight. Enjoy. I am here at the Washington State Wine Awards, and I'm very, very privileged and very excited to be standing here with Russell. You won Independent Restaurant of the Year, and you had no idea it was coming. I mean, I don't think any of us except for the award pickers knew it was coming. So tell us, I, I know you've done amazing things. You've been on yachts. You've been on planes. You've, you've served and made amazing cuisine. It's not dinner, it's not lunch, it's cuisine for, for these hundreds and hundreds of what the we The glitterati would, of oh, Seattle. Oh, there you go. Well, it's not even just Seattle, though. Just literally of our nation. Well, let's and, just call it the glitterati. The glitterati. Um, so tell us, you know, this is a great award. What does it mean to you? Well, I'm very proud of it. I know that I earned it, and I, no one can take it away because I earned it. And I worked at it really hard. Like, how here. many years hard? I mean, a long time hard. Baby, I've been in this industry longer than you were born alive. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, you've been in this industry for over 44 years? No. Okay. Damn close, though. <laughs> it is so awesome. So tell us, um, tell the listeners a little bit about Russell. Well, we're in a historic landmark. We're in a barn that was built in 1930. I love it's pretty that. cool. I mean, that's just cool in today's society to walk into something built so long ago and it's 
still standing, testimonial to great craftsmanship, and you can't move the barn, so that's where I am. Come see me. I love it. What, there's a couple things I love about your place. It's number one, as you are still head chef, you still create, you take pride, you you will walk it out to the table. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely adore that. You have an amazing attic space for a special event. It is absolutely gorgeous. You've done um, winemaker dinners. You've done fashion shows. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Countless. <laughs> Countless. <laughs> Yeah, what's coming up for you next? More good food. Some new things in the hopper. I know. We Lots talked, of travel. We talked quietly about some things in the hopper, but I didn't oh, quite know where since you Since I've seen you, I've been to China and Sun Valley wow. and uh, all kinds of heavy-duty opportunities. Now, I don't know if it's the appropriate time, so you could give me an evil eye if you need to, but I believe that there was something that you were kind of conceptualizing to put in print. Yes, in May, we have a final date, a release of my cookbook in May. I'm really excited because... In I, May. Like I said. Yeah, and, baby. And we are gonna, we'll sit down and we'll do a more in-depth interview about that because we did talk about it. It's all I, hurtful. I love... Great stuff. I love what you're going to be doing with it. So, congratulations. Yeah. I'm so excited that you Thank invited. Thank you very so much. To see you. Thank you so much. I am standing here at the Washington State Wine Awards, and I am standing with the sommelier of the year. As I understand it, this was an absolute complete surprise. So what? tell us a little bit about who you are, when you started, and how you find yourself here today. Cool. Uh, my name is Jeff Lindsay Thorson. I am now the sommelier at RN74, as well as the winemaker owner of WT Vintners in Woodenville. Oh, wow. Um, I've been uh, sommelier now, what is 2014, um, nearly 10 years in, here in Seattle. I've run some uh, pretty amazing programs throughout throughout my career. Um, started making wine in 2007 here in Washington. I've worked around the world uh, in different wine regions, kind of honing my craft as well as studying with uh, just amazing wine professionals and slowly but surely working towards uh, becoming a master sommelier as as so well. When did you start? When did you start your studies for your master? Um, I think probably. When you start studying for your master's, it's probably the first time you open a wine book and you have no idea what's coming. Um, so I guess that would be like 2000, but I'd say I got serious about wine as a, as a potential career in 2003, and it's slowly but surely um, spiraled out of control. From there? From there. And the reason I ask is uh, about six years ago, I had a friend of mine that when I was, I'm now 44, and when I was looking at 40, I was like, what I was going to do with my life, and he knew my love of wine, and so he he suggested and gave me a link to be able to start my wine study. So coming from something that's very personal, I love wine. That's going to be one of my things in, in a 10-year period is to go for a master sommelier. Um, for somebody like that, what would you say to help keep them on track? Because I know anytime you're trying to study something that can literally seem like an elephant, you know, what was it that kept you, you know, with your head into it going, I'm not going to give it up? I think you just... You can't stop. As soon as if you if you you kind of put down the book or close, nowadays you know close close that link. You just always have to be kind of ingesting and, and dissecting information. You you there's a new vintage every six months between the two hemispheres, and and wine laws are rapidly changing, and you have you you cannot stop. You 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 blink, and there's there's thousands of new pages of information. It's 
and you have to just have an insatiable hunger for hunger for knowledge and hunger for the the community as well as the industry and you just can't you can you really have to be unwavering and you have with, to want it that bad and you got to want it that bad because it is uh, totally masochistic what's your favorite part of being a sommelier uh, just turning people on to wine and amazing new wines um, to just see that light go on when somebody that maybe just thought they liked wine or they well, they've been drinking something you know they have a favorite brand and and then you get people that are just they're just willing they're just willing enough to try something new and they're willing to just take that kind of put your you know put all of their trust in your hands and and you take them down on a path or journey that they never never foresaw and you just you truly you literally there's a light that goes on there's, I wouldn't go so far as an epiphany but it's a uh, yeah. You it's get to a, be that beginning light. Yeah, and it's it's just so cool. What do you what what other industries do you get do you get to have that impact on people that are now that are adults and that are set on their career path and have this you know, most people, you know, you're you're at least twenty one and you you yeah. have chances are you have a good sense of where you're headed and then you can you know, you know, in a single sip of wine sometimes people you know People's lives, the, the path shifts a little, and it, it's a subtle shift, but I think it's, it's hopefully you're enhancing people's lives, and that's it's pretty amazing to do that and to just to be a part of that and that share journey. this confluence of I'm really wordy apparently. Uh, share this, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> share this confluence of history and culture and entertainment and community that all just converges on converges in your glass and there's there's nothing else in the world that does that and it's really cool to be a part of i would totally agree um we had done a show and we were talking about how um, it was long-term relationships it was interesting we were talking about how a glass of wine together can actually put you on the same page so, absolutely thank you so much for the time and congratulations what a thank great you. honor it's an incredible day thank you today's show is brought to you by Sinatra Gold Filtered Vodka and Washington State Wine Awards. Everybody have a socially savvy week.